Good day, and welcome to the Talk It Out podcast. My name is Neil Bailey Harper, and today I am off the cuff with From the Ground Up. The music I'm listening to comes from the Isley Brothers. This song is called Harvest for the World, 1976 when it was released. Um... The lyrics of this song are so powerful to me. If you really listen to the lyrics, it expresses a lot of what's going on today in the United States of America and in the world, honestly. The song is Harvest for the World from the Isley Brothers. And I want to start with a quote I heard from Tremaine Lee. And he said he got this from elder folks in his atmosphere. He says that, When a village fails to embrace a child, the child will burn down that village to feel its warmth. Let me say that again. When a village fails to embrace a child, the child will burn down that village to feel its warmth. At the beginning of this year, the first podcast I've done, and we're up to about number 256 now, I believe. So I don't know which number it is, but it's the first, the one I've done on maybe January the 4th, but the first podcast of the year, I said that we should embrace ourselves for the beautifully difficult year this was going to be. Now, I ain't Nostradamus. I had no idea where we, we would be where we are. I just thought it was going to be difficult, but I knew it could also be beautiful. Um... Today we are where we are and things, it is what it is. But we can't keep approaching this without trying to start planting seeds to create this harvest that we so desperately need. And honestly, I don't think we're gonna be able to continue without. Here's another quote for you. I think this comes from the Bible. And a child shall lead. I'm saying prayers for Daniela Frazier so that her mind's eye can heal. And for those of you who don't know, Daniela Frazier is the 17-year-old young woman who took the video of George Floyd basically being murdered right 10 feet in front of her. The only power she had was to take that video. One thing I noticed about the video she took, and I'm not sure of, I think the one when we just see the one police officer leaning over, putting his knee in his neck is the video she took, but notice the steadiness of that video. This had to be a very traumatic situation for a very young lady, but she was steady. She wasn't afraid. She was afraid for Mr. Floyd. She wasn't afraid for herself. She wasn't concerned about herself. She did all she could do in that moment. And we were blessed that she was there, along with other people, along with other people. But this, I'm just talking about Danielle. So I hope she can digest this moment in time, like we all can, like we all can. But. 
when you when you're that young, it's, it, that, that's not something you need to see. That's not something you need to be a part of. That's not something that should be in your in your in your playbook by then. But it was, and she handled it. So, with that being said, now we see that the officer and I can't. I can't think of his name right offhand, but that's irrelevant at this point. But he has been arrested. He's been charged with third-degree murder. And like a few other people, I must admit, I watched Law and Order for 20 years. When somebody said something about depraved indifference, I knew exactly what they were talking about. But when they said third-degree murder, that's kind of new to me. And what I hope it is not is a first step down the escape ladder for the police officers. See, if it's third degree murder, you, you can bump, I guess, I hope you can bump it up, but going down, then we start talking about something that what we saw wasn't. This is the brand new heavies. It's called Dream on Dreamer, I believe from 94. Um, again, a lot of what we saw, a lot of what we've been part of these last four or five days are very unsettling. They're uncomfortable, but learning is uncomfortable. W. Kamal Bell said that learning can be uncomfortable. So what we're seeing is uncomfortable, but it's necessary. Um, it's sad, but it's necessary. It's, <coughs> excuse me. It hasn't run its course, by no means. But what it has to become, it has to become more than just a riot, more than just a protest. And I think it will. I think, I think it's headed down that direction because of all the things we've seen at night that take place in, in Chicago and Minneapolis and in Atlanta and in Louisville. And I, I forgot about Breonna Taylor in Louisville three months ago, shot eight times. Um, so all the stuff that we've seen in all of these different cities, uh, Los Angeles, Denver, Phoenix, for all the stuff we've seen, now we're starting to see other things. See, I think more of us are now becoming aware of the provocateurs and the, and the uh, the people, the, 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 the anarchists who come to take away from what's real. And see, here's the thing. When people are protesting genuinely, they're in pain. And, 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 they're, and they're looking for outlets for that. They're trying to start a sentence that will bring about, they're trying to start a question that will give them answers, real answers. And then real actions following those answers. Because answers mean nothing without actions. But with the anarchists and the, and the provocateurs who are entering this, you know what, honestly, they're in pain too. They're in real pain because they don't know who they are or they, they don't like who they are because they don't like themselves enough to leave everybody else alone. But what I'm seeing that's different this time is with the riots that take place that n the night before, I saw a clip of a gentleman in Atlanta this morning with his two daughters. They had to be maybe 10, 12 years old. And he professed that he grew up, Atlanta is his home. 
And what he saw in Atlanta last night bothered him so much with the damage that was done that he got his two daughters and they got up and they went downtown in front of the Omni Hotel, I believe it is, to help clean up. Think about that. That's when something's your home. You have a party in your house and, and your friends are there and, you, and everybody's having a good time and you had a great time and they all leave. You clean up. Sometimes friends will, every party I've had, friends always stay back to help you clean up. Well, this was a fight, a street fight, but it was still in his home. And seeing him and his daughters clean up invited a lot of other uh, Atlanta residents. And it was, that's different about this. See, when you protest, and, you, and with a heart for protest, you're trying to be heard. Um, protest is the voice of the poor, it's the voice of the powerless. So you're trying to be heard. And when other actors enter the theater for other reasons, it can take away from your being heard. But when the very next day you get up and you come back and you say, listen, I'm cleaning up what happened, whether I messed it up or not, because you want to keep the focus on being heard. Because quite frankly, we don't need to be heard anymore, okay? We need to, to tell, you need to, to tell, we need actions, just that simple. We need, and we don't need, we don't need momentary fixes. fixes. We need systematic changes. See, when Charlemagne the God interviewed Biden, we didn't let it get, and he never let it get caught up in the, ser- in the silliness of that one quote that Biden, that Biden shouldn't have and inadvertently made. Because that doesn't mean anything. He kept the focus on what are you going to help us change systematically so that we don't have to have this conversation. The next conversation we have is, how is the system working? See, that, that, was, that was a brilliant bit of nonverbal uh, connection that I think he put out there. Even though he said it, he didn't have to go in any other direction to keep, because he wanted the focus to be on what can change systematically. He's right. We got to start from one of my favorite movies, Open Range, where, where Robert Duvall says, we need to put pen to paper. We need to put changes in that we don't have to ask you to do, that, that become part of law, that become part of our society. Here's the other thing too, guys. The only thing I want to go back to, and I think the only thing a lot of us might want to go back to is work. That's it. There's a lot of people out of work, and that might be the only thing you want to go back to is work. For me, it's definitely the only thing I want to go back to. Everything else, I can move on. I can move forward with. Everything else needs to change. Everything else can be better. Very simple. Everything else can be better, so we can go back to work. But I don't want to go back to that normal. I don't want to go back to my kids are 26 and 28. I have two young black men now. And praise God, they've been, they've been safe their whole lives. But I still feel for them, and I'm sure they still feel for themselves when they're in the streets. Doing nothing wrong. 
See, um, again, what I what I think is difficult but also beautiful is that things have to we understand change comes from the ground up. Remember we laughed at 44 for being, well not me, but 44 was laughed at for being a community organizer. But that's where, that's where it is. That's where it starts. I had a conversation with my sons and we're talking about national elections, but I, but I, and, and they are wanting to get involved in things and I'm trying to stress to them that come in on the ground. First, the things change from the ground up. It's not about just voting for president. It's about voting for city council. It's about running for city council. It's about who's the, the, the commissioner of the fire. It's about all the local things that affect you immediately. Once we start seeing how those systems are being run and, and if we need to change them for the better. And by change, I mean vote people out that because we vote them in or stand up and want to do it yourself. Run for the office yourself. But things have to change from the ground up. A 17-year-old girl did not let any anger, fear, or anything else overtake her from keeping the image that she knew the world needed to see, even though the world has seen it before. But before excuses, and 99% of the time that's what they were, excuses can be made for things that happened and why it happened, because it happened fast. This didn't happen fast. And for 45, who I think is now in his best, in his best sense, is trying not to be reelected because he can't handle this job. And I implore you to research the end of his tweet about Minnesota. One minute he's saying, let's honor the, the legacy of George Floyd. And the next phrase at the end of the tweet, it's, if there's looting, they'll be shooting. Research that quote. And then after you do that, come to your sense on who wrote that for him. He just didn't tweet that by himself. Who told him to tweet that? The man wanted to be president, he never wanted to be a leader, and he's running as fast as he can from trying to lead. These local communities, in a lot of ways, the cities and the states, they're figuring things out on the fly. They're figuring it out. In 45's mind, the police giving up their precinct was a sign of weakness. But through that sign of weakness, the only thing that got hurt, the only thing that got hurt was property. sign of strength. Confrontation doesn't always mean strength. Confrontation is bullshit. Robin Williams, may he rest in peace, said in one of his comedy sketches that God, God gave us utopia and we're trying to fuck it up. Well, I think now we're trying to do better. What I saw happen in Atlanta um, a few hours later on the news, I saw people, and it's a one hour time difference, but I saw people in Minneapolis doing the same thing. In the light of day, they're coming out and they have brooms and shovels and, and all, and, and they're cleaning up their community. In St. Paul, it was determined that everybody that was arrested last evening for a lot of the things that took, took place in St. Paul, 
none of them were in state residence. So they're coming from other places. Again, when you're playing on somebody else's pain, you're in pain yourself. And I pray for you too. But they can't get in the way of progress. Um, now, there are some criminal opportunists there too. In a time of a pandemic, maybe somebody needs food. Maybe. We're all waiting on unemployment. A lot of us, not all, a lot of people are waiting on unemployment one way or the other. So who knows the reason for, for taking food out of a grocery store and instead of breaking into that. But again, on the next day, when young people and old people of all different colors and all different ethnic backgrounds are in that store fixing the shelves back, that's different. That's new. That's progress that never needs to stop. This again is the brand new heavies. It's called Never Stop. So, but we can't fool ourselves, okay? We can't, we can't fool ourselves as to think that um, this is enough. A protest is enough. Uh, uh, a riot is enough. The fires that were set weren't set by just protesters. They were set by somebody who knew how to set fires and where to set them. Different agendas, we gotta recognize that. So tonight when the people in these cities are asking their, their residents to stay home, to shine the light on those who come out there to, to spread darkness. I think it's different. I think we're getting better. I think we just need to be for real about what comes next. When you protest the night before and you come back and clean up the protest the next day, you're voting in November. When you care enough to clean up your neighborhood and your city, you are voting in November. And the more people you bring with you to clean up, the more people that will come to vote. We can do better and we are gonna do better. We just gotta just keep doing what we're doing. And to say to go back to something means that we can relax. No, we're not going back. We're just going back to work. We're going forward with life and going, it, it, listen, we are a progressive country because we have to be. It's a progressive world now because it has to be. I read a tweet today from Canada. Uh, I can't even remember where Trump but some office in Canada. And they were based, they weren't talking Again, from the ground up, they were talking to Americans. They weren't talking to American leaders. They were talking to Americans, telling us, look, we know you. We know how strong you are. You got failed leadership now. You'll get through this shit, but we're always here with you. That's just like your neighbor now that we're getting to know even better. Telling you, I got you. And you tell them, I got you too. Change comes from the ground up. And... Even though change is mandatory and change is necessary, it's going to happen because we want it to. Take care of everybody, y'all. Let's have a peaceful night. Talk to somebody about this. Let them talk to you. This is the Talk It Out podcast. Let's never stop. Things don't get better if we stop. But we got to cross this hurdle for real. Clear the hurdle this time and move to the next one.
Have a blessed day, everybody.